everybody. Welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Joey. <laughs> and I'm Jeremy. And this week, we have different voices for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's, our, it's our radio presentation voice. Man, if that was my radio voice, I would be kicked off of radio immediately. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we have this podcast instead. Yep. And we can't be kicked off of our own <laughs> podcast. We, we might be kicked off of like platforms, though, if like our content gets too edgy or... or... Or horrible. Well, I don't. I don't think terrible voices is edgy. No, content. definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but, you know, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll see. Maybe maybe this will be the the line in SoundCloud. We'll say now that's yeah. voices gotta gotta change. You literally are making too shitty of content. It is just clogging <laughs> up all of our feeds. So stop, please. Exactly. Yeah. But anyways. Anyway, we're, we're, we're a podcast where we talk about music. And right? last, yeah, last week we were listening to the album 2012 through 2017 by Against All Logic. So, yeah, otherwise known as Nicholas Jar. That is his real name, and he makes other music under that name. But this music but this is, music this was music not under that name. yeah this music is under against all logic i keep wanting to say against all odds and i'm pretty sure that's like a midwest emo band from like the mid 2000s or something i just feel like that is but we'll it's against it. all logic yeah <laughs> it, why, why did we why were we why did we do this album Joey? It, i mean it's it's housey you know we were we listened to cascade last <clears throat> last week and yeah. uh I just got that. This is just the album I wanted to listen to this week. You know, I feel it. it's it's as simple as that. Honestly, <laughs> that's all. That's yeah. We don't need some grand scheme of why we picked the albums. It's just you know sometimes insightful. Yeah. Plus, it's on the list, and I'm trying to knock off stuff that I put on the list because <laughs> yeah. I need to do that. We have a lot of stuff on the list. That yeah, we do. Probably not going to get to anytime soon because that's just the way we do things. We, we make a system and then we ignore the system and just do what we want. Well, the point of the system was to get us comfortable with doing our own thing. That's true. And That's it true. did that. It accomplished it. And it's fine. And it's working out, I think. I think so. Do you think so, audience? <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> we'll wait until we get your mail-in responses yeah, that it's you like, send via snail mail. It's like Dora the Explorer. What do you think? <laughs> exactly. Oh shit, I'm not supposed to be talking. Well, we're supposed to give them a second. What do you guys think? Oh god. Us too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, this album, the album art for it, it's pretty simple, mm-hmm. but also not. It, it's interesting and yeah. simple, I suppose, as opposed to just being boring and simple. Uh, it has the, the against all logic name, top left corner, black, simple font. It has the album in like an outlined, like just a black outline of uh, 2012 to 2017. And it kind of has this track listing that is split. The left half has the first half of the album. The right half has the second half of the album. And dividing it and on the left edge of the album is like a a little banner strip that just says other people, other people, other people over and over again, which I'm assuming is the label that he released this with because it's also in the bottom right. But uh, the first letter of each track is filled in black, so it's not just an outline. The rest of the letters are uh, outlined. And then the top right corner has uh, a picture, a photograph of some gymnast that is like folding herself backwards on her back kind of thing. Like she, her, the front of her legs are completely on the ground and she's like crunching her, folding herself backwards at her like 
I, I guess above her butt, her back is just kind of like going back on itself. I don't know what the significance of this is. Do you? I I mean, other than just like it looks kind of like a old ish music workout video or something. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the samples on this album are older, but you know, I I I honestly don't think that means anything, really. Like, <laughs> I think it's maybe just maybe like, that's Nicholas himself right there. Yeah, that's him. Her what? <laughs> yeah, them. Them. There we go. That's oh, safer. How dare you? I heard that, and they heard that. I'm and sorry. That's unbelievable. I need to fucking mute my phone too. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the album. I like it. It's simple. It's clean. And there, there's there's nothing wrong with it. it doesn't yeah. have to be flashy. No frills. No frills. And for real. just all thrills is that. And you know, uh, <laughs> it's it's not much, but. If it was, if I lived in it, you know, I'd just have to say this old house is all I have. Which is the first track. Uh, and if, if pretty were, shitty segue, in my yeah. opinion, that's a hot take. Not not the best we've done. God, you know, God damn. We tried. We tried harder than I did. My brain's off today anyway. Uh, we're just going to roll with it. This old house is all I have. First track on the album. Uh, it's It's got some ominous blomps. Oh, yeah. Starting. Bring back the blomps. The it, it kind of starts off in this kind of weird ominous space. There's some like quiet symbols and then like some distorted vocal sample that is like uh it, it's almost chanting in a way, but it's it's yeah. just someone singing. But the way that it's looped and, and sampled, it it sounds kinda like they're chanting. Then they get some like horn blasts that come in and the bass and the guitar and the piano hit, and it's just this groovy, like I don't want to say disco-y, but it's kind of disco-y yeah. in, in, in some way. It's just very groovy uh, sounding. And like throughout this track, there's like sprinkles of distortion and like white noise that kind of keeps some chaotic thunderstorm energy. There's a hi-hat driving through it that just kind of like gives it a good push. And then there's uh, this very soulful vocal sample that, that says this old house. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a good introduction to this album and it feels good. I agree. I th- it just sets it up really nice. I like the way he uses the samples. There are like three samples. I don't know if you listened to the samples, but this is what I, I like. Whenever I listen to s- music like this, I tend to listen to the album and then try find to find the samples. Yeah, find the samples, listen to the samples, and then listen to the album again, kind of with that context, I guess. Okay. And uh, there's like three different songs sampled on this two of which are by some guy named Mike James Kirkland, who is the guy doing like the, this old house right. is like vocals. And then the chanting at the beginning is actually in the original song. It almost sounds like chanting, but okay. it's a song called the warnings part two by David Axelrod. And that's where the, the horns come in and pretty much all of the background music, like the funky music in the background all comes from a sample of doing it right by that Mike James Kirkland. Like it, the music is straight up just taken almost. Right. I mean, like he added some stuff and like sounded like he bit crushed some of it to like super distort it and everything, but it's just, it's super cool. I like it. And yeah, it's very, very groovy and soulful adventure. Yeah. And I think you're right with saying disco because there's a lot on this album that I think could fit into a disco category. And I feel like house has roots in disco. I'm not, I might yeah. just be talking stupid. No, you don't but... don't don't backtrack on that. Just be confident in what you say. Yeah. House House is one hundred percent derived from, from disco music. That's a fact. And exactly. anyone who 
tells us that we're wrong is stupid. <laughs> yes, and I 100% agree with that statement. Everybody who tells me that <laughs> House does not come from disco is an idiot uh, and knows nothing they're, about music. They're wrong. Well, I, I never dream, but but if I had to dream, I would dream of track number two. Man, and if I had to dream, I would have dreamt of me making a segue that good the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a pretty contained contained segue, but you yeah, know, there whatever. You go. No. But yeah, so this song it starts off with like the drums are like super tinny, I guess. Like yeah, they're it's they're very tight sounding. Yeah, extremely. And then like it's got these weighty, spacey synths that come in, and it's like. I don't know. This song, I feel like, is pretty sample-heavy. I mean, the whole album is. Most of the album, at least, is. But this song is just as well. And it hits me harder on this one, where it kind of makes me realize what goes into it, which is part of why I like music like this. Where, I don't I've said the thought before that once music is released, it then becomes the audience's instead of the artists it leaves ownership and this type of music is the best thing that comes from that mindset i think where instead of using instruments other songs in themselves are the instruments and it's just you can create you use each little section of a song as a note as you would a note in a scale or something and it's just super cool that people can do this that people have the creative ear for it and yeah, it, it's it's blending a lot of other people's creativity in, into your own creative like outlet, and it it's kind of adventurous, and and it kind of like uh, specifically in this track, it it felt very cozy and like kind of rainy day kind of thing to me. Oh yeah, and I was I was kind of taken into the scene, much like you you were with uh, atmosphere, but it, it seemed like this is some like kind of dreamscape memory of having music playing in some like city apartment while you're just watching traffic drive by on like a wet road. And then there's this choppy sample or there are a couple choppy samples that give it this kind of dream quality where you don't really understand what you're listening to, but it feels natural in that moment of being that, in that place. Um, yeah. The non vocal sections where there aren't like vocal samples happening kind of seem to have this adventurous feel. So maybe you're kind of leaving the apartment and, and getting on a train and, and just riding around the city and, and watching everything pass. That's kind of the vibe that I got from this one. I I feel that vibe, and I get that vibe. Uh, not necessarily that, because that's pretty specific, and I like right. But that's, like I said last week, that's what's great about this type of music, is you can get such a specific feeling or moment in your head out of it, and right. it's just great. But like I can, I, I can feel the rain in this song, for sure, and I can feel the... I don't want to say loneliness, but you're not near other people Yeah. in this song, at least for me, or maybe not mentally. Maybe maybe I am somewhere out in the city roaming around, but mentally I'm somewhere else. I'm just a person walking, maybe passing other people, but not noticing them, or something like, like that kind of loneliness, but maybe you're not alone type. Yeah, thing. for sure. I, I think I got that vibe on a lot of this this album of mm-hmm. this kind of like being mentally in one place and physically in another kind of a thing, and I'll talk about that 
uh, for some of these tracks, I have more of that like kind of scenic description of where I was transported to more than what the music is specifically. And then other ones I, I focus more on what the music is, but uh, you'll, you'll figure that out. It, it it's clear when I'm talking about one or the other, but yeah. there were several moments throughout listening to this album where I was like, yeah, this definitely feels like being in kind of two different places at once, whether that's being mentally somewhere and physically somewhere else or having a change of scenery kind of a deal. Yeah. But uh, I'll talk about that when it becomes more relevant. Like it's, it's not some kind of game that doesn't well, make any sense. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. Cause I was about to say pretty much the same thing. And uh, <laughs> since you said it now, I can claim, claim that I wasn't, even though I just admitted to saying, why, what am I doing? <laughs> Track number three, some kind of game, some kind of game. It's, yeah. it's just some kind of game. It's not repeated twice. The song yeah. repeats it, but uh, it does. Immediately, this one had that kind of groovy disco feel mm-hmm. that it brings in. Uh, and this is this is one of the more narrative tracks where if there was some sort of narrative to be formed in my mind, this is the point where you're traveling to a club or maybe just driving around downtown. And this is kind of a feeling that I get throughout the whole album. But there, there's like this movie scene feel where there's like a protagonist that is either walking down a hallway towards some like underground club or maybe riding on a train, like I said in the last one, through some tunnel. And there's just like lights scanning across their face as the, the train passes certain like lamps and stuff. There's some muted music that kind of evokes the feeling of being on the outside of a club or on the other side of a, a door from a club. And then the sample clears up a bit to say some kind of game as if it's like providing context for the character's story and, and their experiences. If this was like a movie kind of a deal. Yeah. I, I feel that. And I totally get the next roomy effect that goes on next roomy effect. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the new thing. That's the title of our plugin that yeah. we're launching for music producers. <laughs> there we go. You just hit the, ne- hit that next roomy effect and yeah. bam, it's washed out. <laughs> but like, I got the deal that, because instantly, as soon as the song came in, it gave me like a, a Euro club vibe type thing where yeah. it's more dancey than the pat like the last song. And he's in already in a club. And whenever it kind of gets faded is whenever he like walks into the bathroom to kind of gain some clarity. Yeah. Like that moment where you're looking in the mirror and you like splash some water on your face or something. And then in his head some kind of game comes back in and then he heads back out there and yeah i I like that a lot it's i had a kind of like two different trains of thought that i was following on on that thing and one of them was very much like when the music was muted instead of it being him in in the bathroom or something it it was him like being out in the club but having a conversation with someone and obviously if you're shooting a movie like you don't want to have the music blaring while there's conversation happening so they kind of tone down the music to be in the background while he's having this kind of moment with someone else. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's very cinematic in a way yeah. that like that one on tricks point never album was very cinematic to, to us at least. Ah, uh, that, that album. Ah, <laughs> uh. it was good. Good times. Good, times. good times. Man. I, I was going to try to make a thing and then, <laughs> and then well, don't, Hey, look, don't give up. You're not hopeless yet. There, there's <sighs> still hope to be found. Good. As long as there's still track hope. number four. Yeah. Hopeless. The track number four is called Hopeless, <laughs> which is what I am just all the time. <laughs> I feel that, man. <laughs> all day, every day. And this song <laughs> captures that feeling, honestly. Like, yeah, it, it's very like eerie and echoey. And you know what? This is going to sound really weird. 
and I think it's just because I've been playing this game a lot, but the opening to this track, it gives me, like, almost a Risk of Rain soundtrack <laughs> vibe. Yeah. And for people out there who don't know, Risk of Rain Whew. is, it's a great game, honestly. It's it's a video game. It's the vibe and the music in that game is so great. And it's, it like, is. set in outer space, so it's kind of spacey and everything. But, uh... Even I, if you don't like video games or have no desire to play the game, look up the soundtrack for Risk of Rain 1 and 2. They're both phenomenal soundtracks. And if you like this album, or if you like if you like music, you'll probably like it. It's it's very like, I don't know, it's good, it's synthy, it's it's spacey, it's upbeat. But but we're not gonna talk about that too long. Yeah. Uh, I also did get a video game feel from this track. Uh I, I I noted that this could easily be a remix of a song from Portal 2. Or oh yeah. Portal, so I was with you on the video game thing. We went slightly different directions. Yeah. But I was there. It's probably because I was playing Risk of Rain earlier today or something. And that's just what I'm thinking. Yeah, every day. (laughs) But yeah, it's my video gaming habits don't mean anything when it comes to this this podcast. So, (laughs) but yeah, it, it gets, this is one of those songs that I feel like is a very lonely song without necessarily like, be. I'm not necessarily alone in my, in my cinematic head whenever I'm listening to the song, like maybe I'm on a bus, maybe I'm walking around the city and there's people passing by. Maybe I'm somewhere like sitting at a coffee shop or something like I would ever do that. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like we, we don't do clubs and we don't do coffee shops. Yeah. There's too many people. There's just too yeah. many people everywhere and they just need <laughs> to not be there. Except, I know that sounds terrible. But. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it sounds terrible. I think it sounds accurate. <laughs> but it gets it gets pretty industrial. I guess this is the first kind of hint at that, because I feel like there are songs later that get kind of industrial, namely right. one later, whenever we get to it. But it gives you a little taste of the industrial before a really hard bass kind of comes in. And this one is actually one that doesn't really have doesn't have like a vocal singing sample thing like the other tracks do yeah. or the other tracks so far have had. Yeah. And I, I think to that extent, my, my mind kind of wandered in the direction of the, the lead synth in this track kind of felt like it, it was some incoherent feeling of somebody else's thoughts. Like you were kind of feeling what somebody else was thinking without it like being words. It's not language. It's just somebody's having these feelings. And I think that lead synth was kind of reflecting that. Like maybe they're asking questions or arguing with themselves kind of in their own mind. Um, I really do like the the subdued bass. There, there are like two different bass tracks going on in this one. I really like the kind of, there's one that's like understated and just kind of there for flavor that I really liked. Um, yeah. But there's this droning synth that comes in in like this weird bridge section. And to me, that kind of symbolized that the person lost their train of thought and has found themselves fixated on something that's happening in the physical room with them. So where, where the main synth was them kind of like being lost in their own mind. Now they're kind of like realizing, oh shit, I'm in this place. And now there's something weird happening. I'm going to like stare at that for a minute <laughs> or, or maybe more suitable to the song title. They've kind of come to this conclusion and they're not really happy with whatever conclusion it is. And that's kind of this non-resolution, which hopelessness, you know? Yeah, I I like the vibe this track gives off. Definitely, yeah, it's, it's very stormy. Like especially at the, the very end of this track, specifically, it gets very like distorted and stormy. And I feel like a lot of this album kind of has this thunderstorm uh, 
motif to it musically. It really does, and it's been great because the past few days here <laughs> have it's it's been raining a lot, and it's just been nice. Yeah. And this song actually, it I feel like it follows a pattern that the previous songs had because in the previous songs with the vocal samples and the other song samples, it seems like so he he built a little beat to go underneath the sample and then kind of played with it for most of the song. And then at the end, the sample kind of comes out and he builds his own thing off of it. So like he's building off of the other songs that have the samples. And then this song without the sample, it kind of builds a beat throughout. And then that stops. And where you were talking about that kind of stormy feeling at the end, like it sounds very wet and everything kind of just drops out and it gets kind of ominous towards the end where it's just like, I, I get, the the wet feeling i guess from the music and it just gets ominous like instead of him building something else it's kind of like everything stops in a way yeah and i I think he does that a couple times in this album and I, i think it's usually to a pretty good effect yes and i know i know you love it but i don't Shit, man. Do, do you know I love it? I know no, you love it because you I, recommended this album and, and I, talked I, about it. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I said that, and then I was like, I don't know anything, <laughs> actually. Well, you you know, I I know you know you know the track number five is called "Know You." <laughs> yeah, that, damn, nice. <laughs> that was horrible, dude. No, uh, that, that's just hard to say. Like the word "you" after the word "no" is just it. It seems you. like it should be "you know." Like, well, it's because I, in my mind, I'm an immature child that anytime someone says something to me, I go, "Know you, <laughs> know you, know you," but know you, K N O W U. Not the that that was horrible. Why did I spell one word and not the other? That just makes it sound like it. You nope. you guys know what's up. Track number five is no you. It doesn't matter. But the thing is, that's an actual issue with this album too, because that's true. Uh, uh, on the album cover, like we were talking about, all the names are spelled out of the songs, and you y o u is spelled out several times on the front of the album. And if you go to like Spotify, YouTube Music, any like Wikipedia, I think has it, and yep. uh. It has the letter U instead of the word U. So yeah, for, for two of the tracks, not this one. This one this is one. the word U, Y-O-U. But it, it's it's a moot point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah. The, the, <laughs> this track I didn't take. I didn't have a lot of notes on. I, I didn't get a super strong vibe from this one. It has like a very 2D sounding bass. <laughs> and and there's like some pitched up vocals and some jaunty keys kind of a kind of a deal going on. And then there's this like low wubby synth bass and, and some drums that come in that give it a darker feeling. And I don't know, the song feels like it's slower than I keep wanting it to be or keep expecting it to be, where the music is just kind of like slowly walking you through the song in this very like methodical way. And then there's like this like silo- stylophone kind of sounding in- instrument in some lead sections. I don't know. It, it was a weird track. I didn't really click with it a whole lot. Yeah, I... It's weird that you mentioned walking. I also didn't have a lot of, uh, like, I guess, notes or thoughts or whatever on this track. But I had two things, and one of which was whenever the hard bass hits start coming in, it feels like the music itself is, like, walking like some sort of giant monster. Right. It's like it's taking those disco steps that you'd see some dude take in, like, a 70s movie where he's, like... Take a disco step to the disco (laughs) tech. 
uh, calling it back because you're the mother <laughs> mother loving queen of the disco mother steps. Mother loving queen of the disco steps. <laughs> oh, sorry, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. With no, that. you're good. I just picture like John Travolta like walking down the street in a fur coat or something whenever I hear this song. And That's uh, interesting. The other one, there's like one thing I actually did like connect with or like about this song is it's got the this like filtered vocals that co- are like hidden in the background throughout most of the song that are kind of just going wow <laughs> like and you can't barely hear it and then at the end it like pops out of nowhere and it's like oh yeah. okay that's where that came from and it's just, it was just cool <laughs> it was lurking it, it was yeah. uh what's it called Chekhov's gun where maybe in the, in the first the first act of the movie if there's a gun uh, in the wall it gets used by the end or something yeah yeah that's yeah except it's Chekhov's Sample, sample. Nineteen seventy nine. It's probably not even Chekhov's, and, and now some idiots, some idiot. I'm the idiot here. Some guy <laughs> is commenting on our on our video or on our, on our podcast, like, "Hey, you're fucking stupid." You know, that's actually not a bad strategy for us, though. Say a bunch of shit that's stupid, and yeah, wrong. And get people to call us out because yeah. nobody's fucking commenting on our things anyway. Exactly. Then maybe if people are like. Um, actually, you're, this is wrong here. And it's like, ah, oh, you fell right into my trap. You're <laughs> yeah, the wrong I mean, one. Th- there are, there are good ways and bad ways to, to get comments. And I feel like that's, that's such a bad way. It is such a bad way. Just like track number six. <laughs> yeah. Six. You're killing it with the numbers today. <laughs> I, <laughs> I forgot to write numbers next to my song titles <laughs> in my notes. Yeah, number six, such a bad way. I really like the intro synth sound to this one. It's very calm, but it also kind of has this almost anxious feel because it's like a skipping record loop kind of thing where it just kind of like, he does it a lot on this album, but this one specifically sounded more. Maybe it was just because it was an extended period of time where this one loop was just repeating over and over again. Yeah. Um, but there's some disco vocal samples that come in as with a lot of the album. There's some string stabs that really feel good. This one kind of feels a little bit less stormy and a bit more optimistic than the rest of the album uh, until this like plucky bass comes in. And it was, it was almost this kind of spring feel, but the bass really chills it out and gives it more of a, the, the kind of like fall kind of rainy feel to it. Uh, there are some pretty cool synth effects and instrumentation throughout this whole track. Like he's, he's playing with some like fluid tone and can slide it pretty quickly to make weird, like theremin esque chirps. Yeah, like turning in like a, a radio or something, and then holy shit, Joey, he, <laughs> he, he fucking he samples Kanye West. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and I've it's from Jesus. The, the track is "I Am a God." There's just a, it has the Kanye scream <laughs> yeah, from dude. from "I Am a God," and I love that. I love that album. We need to do that album. I, it's coming up soon. Yeah, we have to do that album now because I just I just want to listen to the album honestly. But we won't do it next week because I already I already picked the album out. Uh, but yeah, and then the song just kind of like makes its way out. It, it just kind of like rides and fades, and I don't know. I like it. The fucking Kanye sample caught me off guard, though. Yeah, it caught me off guard the first time too because I, I I still have never heard the album Yeezus, right? And uh, I just heard it and I was like, ah, oh, that's a pretty cool scream to just throw <laughs> into the middle of there. And then the more I listened to it, I was like, that kind of sounds familiar. After listening to like Kid See Ghosts and stuff, I was like, I think yeah. I recognize <laughs> that voice. And then I looked it up, sure enough, it was Kanye. And, Bill <laughs> Kanye. But, so I, I think in two weeks, we're, well, three weeks, I guess, we'll, yeah. we'll be doing Jesus, is my plan. Two of your cycles we'll two, be doing. Two of my cycles. Yeah. 
uh, how you said it was anxious at the beginning, I, I'm, that's cool, because I got a very regret-stricken feel. Like, the beginning of the song, it is, like, it's a little, like, emotionally out of left field, I feel like, because it's, like, regret is just hanging off of the music, like, almost like something in the past that happened is hanging with the music, and that struck a chord with me. Because he's sampling so many things from like the seventies, yeah. So it's like and, and Kanye West from twenty thirteen, <laughs> yeah, and Kanye West from twenty thirteen. But I feel like that scream there has a point, and it's to break out of kind of the beginning half of the song, or like not necessarily break out of it because, like you said, there. I do think it's a little optimistic, but then it kind of takes it back down with right. that scream. Like it's kind of a breaking point for the song. I guess I should have said, but. It's just cool that it the the feeling of regret that the song gave me at the beginning made me think of this type of music and just a lot of other sampling styles of music that I listen to that play on nostalgia a lot, take a lot of stuff from previous music and I don't know. It's like the feeling of regret is very much tied to the past and the feeling of nostalgia is right there with it, so it's two sides of the same coin in a way and it's just cool that he at least i think it's cool that he got that emotion tied in there as well like there's so much music like that that i listen to and it's just it just i I, I like those words i like the words you're saying (laughs) i don't even know what words i'm saying (laughs) i'm just saying things well that's all that's all podcast is is just saying things Uh, Uh, i have no way or, or clue how to segue into the next one. Uh, you you want to take a stab at it, Joey? Man, yeah, I guess I'll uh, fade in and out, and I live near a city, kind of. No, I don't, no, actually. We, well, when, when we drive away from the city, we can just yeah, watch the city fade. Yeah, boom! There we go. <laughs> I, Track number seven is called City Fade. Yeah. One word. Yeah. This song... Got, no, no, you go. You go. Oh, boy. Every time <laughs> This is this is the the issue with doing it online. We can't like we can't see when someone else is about to talk or when they're taking a drink. So just, there's a lot of awkward silence, and then there's also a lot of talking over each other. But you go, you go this time, okay? Sure, I'll I'll, I'll give it to you. Thanks, I appreciate you giving me this 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 track and this platform to voice my opinions on it. Uh, so it's got some like stomps and claps for the beat at the beginning of this one, and there's some, like, almost jaunty piano, but there's also, like, this minor chord that gives it this, this kind of tinge of sorrow on it that I really like. There's an echoey vocal track that I can't really make out what they're saying, uh, and it kind of adds to this empty feeling in the song, and then this low kind of driving bass, bass, bass? Synth bass <laughs> uh, fills it in kind of nicely. There are sirens towards the last half of the song, and as, as the as the title suggests, there's kind of this dark, empty cityscape feel to this track to me. Yeah, and uh, to add to that, this the reason you can't make out the words, the song's in French, dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would do it. Yeah, it's. I looked it up, and because I could have swore. I heard so many English words in there. Like I heard something about somebody's <laughs> yeah. daughter. I thought, and something. And then I looked it up. It's like, no, the song's just in French. And it's like, whatever that effect is where you see faces and things yeah. that don't have faces except with language. 
where you you hear words from your language and other languages it's that whatever that is but <laughs> someone someone commented please let us know yeah please please do let me know because i don't want to have to google that like i i feel like i've googled that exact like phenomenon several <laughs> times and i just haven't remembered the name of it but uh the echoes around the vocals so like whenever i listen to music like this i like to listen to it really loud like probably too loud louder than i should in headphones so i can be completely enveloped in the sound and the echoes on the vocals on this track specifically kind of trap me and it feels (laughs) like i can't get out to where like i don't know it's like this intense almost claustrophobic feeling and it kind of forces me to enter a headspace of like emptiness anxiety like just that type of stuff yeah but i I think the music like definitely lends itself to that on this track like like i said it's got this kind of empty feeling with the echoey vocals and it it just like i don't know it it it's not bare bones like it's not a minimal song per se but it's still like it it feels like there's this emptiness It, it does a good job of conveying that feeling of emptiness yeah and especially like with the return of kind of the more industrial sounds like there's a lot of beeps and boops and weird it almost sounds like r2d2 or something <laughs> in in the background of parts of this song where it's just like beep, 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 yeah i think stuff. that that was an uncredited uh feature <laughs> r2d2 had a verse in the song or, or whoever the new dude is in the sequels yeah, bb bb joey BB. You can't say whoever the new dude is in the sequels to me, okay? Especially <laughs> not on the internet. Like Joey hasn't seen the Star Wars sequel movies. I have for, not for everyone listening. Yeah, I, I have not seen. Me. I haven't seen anything past uh, Revenge of the Sith. I mean, okay, no, I haven't seen anything. I've seen all of the originals and all of the prequels. There we go. Because right. <laughs> saying I haven't seen anything past Revenge of the Sith makes it sound like. You one, two, three, stop. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen everything <laughs> that came out like before 2005. Yeah. Why, is, was it? There's no way it was 2005. I, thought, we're, I think we're, it, we'll figure it out. I think it was 2004, <laughs> actually. <laughs> we'll figure we'll figure that out after the podcast. Yeah. But uh, right now, you got me hooked on this album, so we're going to keep talking about it. Yeah. And now you got me hooked on wondering when Revenge of the Sith came out. track number eight is now you got me hooked this is one of them that has the letter u in the track listing on on like mobile or or not mobile on like online platforms even though the album art clearly has the words spelled out yeah which we're we're still not sure if there's some significance there or if it was just an aesthetic choice or if it was a typo yeah or uh, yeah who knows not i but now you got me hooked track eight it's a bit brighter sound right out of the gate on this track. It's another kind of like record skip style loop that, that kind of picked up. It's got some nice horns and this vocal sample of a woman going, <laughs> which I, I, I kind of enjoy. Uh, the beat drops in this one and it's, it's this completely different feeling and it still fits though. in, in some way it's kind of this nice contrast of this kind of gritty low bass and the driving drums to the kind of high, feeling of the intro uh and there's wind chimes in this one which i think are always welcome in like ambient and instrumental music yeah they're the horns kind of build the song back out of the dark hole that this drop took it to without losing some of the character that it gained along the way 
And then the last verse section, I say verse section, there's no verses, but kind of the last section, there's a, it's, it's a bit more distant and flat for a second. And then this kind of like bass drum kind of, a lot of the times for his bass lines, he uses drum pad kind of samples. Mm-hmm. So I, I say bass drum, I don't mean just like a kick drum, but the, the bassy drum kind of section sound comes back in and, and fills it in before the, the whole song kind of fades out. And it kind of gives me this feel like, at least in the, at the end of it, there, that you were listening to the song at a traffic light and the, the guy next to you is playing the music. And then at the end, he kind of drives away and, or maybe you're left on a city street and the person you were talking to drives away and you, it just kind of like fades out. And you're just kind of left there wondering, what, what, what's, what's happening? Hey, yeah. What's, what's going happening? on, man? This song is at a very pivotal point in this album for me. Not because anything groundbreaking happens, but whenever I listen to music like this, I tend to, at least for a few listens of it, lay down, eyes closed, as much as I possibly can, just try to zone out. And this song comes at about minute 40, which is usually where like I'm in the zone and I'm kind of dead to the world at that point. Like I have forgotten that I exist and <laughs> yeah. I am just in in the album. And this song just kind of does that because it doesn't have anything crazy. Like the vocal sample is, like you said, it's just like a woman going, ah, like, and most of the song stays kind of the same with that guitar coming, like that funky guitar and the horn comes in at the beginning, but like the rest of the song kind of stays with like the hard bass and the guitar. And it kind of just puts me in like a trance type mode and I don't know. I like it. It's there's not a ton going on for me, but it's kind of like I want it that way whenever I'm listening right. to the song. Hey, it's it's a spiritual experience from what you're describing. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if like a literal spiritual experience, but like music. I, I don't know. I, I think there's there's something to be said for experiencing music in a way as if it were kind of like a religious experience or a spiritual thing, and that like it's it's nice to have that isolation with yeah. the music and, and being able to connect with the music on a kind of a deeper level than just, you know, putting it on the car while you're driving or something or, or having it on the background while you're working. Kind of deal. Yeah. Cause that's how I usually listen to music is just in the, on the background, but like albums like this specifically, like this type of music, like electronic music, really, it can just like take you to a completely different place. And I'm not kidding when it's like you forget that you exist and it's just so nice. Like there'll be so <laughs> Joey there... always wants to forget he exists. Well, it's like, that's the perfect. That's like, that. okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that, that feeling is just a flash in the pan. People do not, do not give in to the feeling of not wanting to exist. It is just yeah. a flash in the just, pan. Yeah. Just let it come and go as quickly as it can. Yeah. Like Unlike Trek Nine, because it's like seven and a half minutes long, and yeah. it will not just come and go. <laughs> I, I really like this track. Uh, I instantly like the beat and and the bass that they that he used to make it. Um, it's kind of this like glitchy and driving and dark sounding track, and it just feels good. Yeah. There's some like synth layers that they give a melody that come in like a minute and a half into the song, and then the beat just kind of like falls apart. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I really like the the progression that happens throughout the song. There's a lot of movement and changes that I really couldn't do justice if I tried to describe it specifically. But 
don't know. It, it seems <laughs> this is how weird this track feels to me. I, I wrote down that like you kind of leave the city and you enter some weird shiny metal laboratory jungle <laughs> because that makes sense. And then at the end of the track, you kind of emerge on the other side in some sort of like purgatory afterlife kind of deal, because there's just like, like, like you kind of hinted at, there's this kind of industrial feel mm-hmm. in a lot of the music here, which kind of gives it that metallic or that lab- laboratory feel. But there's also these like bongos and a lot of yeah. like rhythmic drumming and stuff that kind of gives it more of a jungly feel. And then it just kind of like chills the fuck out at the end and, and just kind of like fades into some heavenly music, but it feels more like purgatory in the context of this album. Yeah. And to tell the audience out there how right you are with the industrial laboratory jungle <laughs> feel, because I think that's 100% correct. Because uh, the way I described it was like the factory level in an old platformer game, yeah. like the music behind it. And like that synth kind of does come in like a moment of clarity where they're peeking through the steel of the factory out to the jungle and then that, like, near the end, it's kind of like, I described it as a romp through the jungle, yeah. out of the factory, towards like, the next it's song. It's like fucking, we're tying it back to what I said in the first track. It's like Portal yeah. 2. I don't know if you've played Portal 2. I have not. But at, at that, dude, we gotta play that. <laughs> but, um, it, it's like, at, in Portal 2, that, I don't want to spoil things, but like the, the, the testing laboratory that you're in, in Portal 1 and in Portal 2, is kind of falling apart. It's been in the state of disrepair and there's like overgrowth kind of coming through it. So it, it has that kind of, I think that's a very good visual uh, interpretation from my perspective of having that kind of lab environment, but peeking through the cracks and seeing the outside world and, and this overgrowth. And at one point there's even hints and, and teases about seeing a deer at some point. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's a very, if you've played portal Two that is the kind of feeling that this song captures. Well, if that's the kind of feeling that is in Portal 2, I can't wait to play it. <laughs> I've only ever played the first one. Well, so. I, I might have a, a key for you. We'll talk about that afterwards, though. I think I have it, but yeah. yeah cool. Yeah, well, if you don't get a chance to play it, then may, maybe you won't love it, but regardless of what happens, I think you're going <laughs> to love me and scream. <laughs> which is track number 10 oh man this this song like the title kind of gives a weird eerie almost like end of relationship but beginning of like a relationship that you want to end type type feel like whenever i read it i'm like oh god I don't, it I don't, feels like it's going to be ominous. Yeah, like uh, it's just like what? <laughs> I don't, I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't want to love you, but do I love you? I don't know. <laughs> but it's the vocal sample. It kind of captures that feeling, but it doesn't stay for like the whole song. It actually is pretty short comparatively. I think yeah. it doesn't go throughout the whole song like a lot of the other samples, and whenever that vocal drops out, like the bass just really comes in yes. and it just hits hard. I love it, I love I it mean, so much. I also love it so much. And it like, I don't know. It does this thing like immediately after the bass comes in, it kind of does this thing where it kind of goes away for a second, comes back, like it'll kind of skip out and it feels like you're g- grasping it air or something. Yeah, it's like, no, yeah, no yeah. come back song, please come back. 
I, I don't know what's happening. I mean, in the context of whatever narrative we can throw on onto this, it could be like <laughs> maybe you're out of, like you've ran through the jungle and you can almost taste freedom, but it's not quite there yet or something. Like which which also happens in Portal Two spoilers. I kind of assumed, <laughs> given how what I know about right. that universe. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, it's like that's this, kind of the this vibe album I got. is just Portal Two the album. Oh my god, let's tr- let's do that. Whenever we play Portal Two, we have to like have this album on in the background. <laughs> I don't know. I I really like the music in Portal Two, so I, I feel like that wouldn't be fair to the the music of Portal Two. But... Well, then I'll play it twice: once with the regular there music and once with this music. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be our our first. Uh stream game that we do together because we're becoming streamers too surprise more more business ventures for us that's happening apparently (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i this song like i don't know it it feels very good i really love the bass in it i like all of the like layered synths that come in under it it the midsection gets stripped down a bit it's got some weird effects that kind of flow around a bit before building up to like another quick drop and it just it feels great i like the the feeling of this track i will say though it feels a lot longer than five and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that's because it, it covers a lot of ground within yeah. that five and a half minutes. It feels like it's a much longer track, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Well, you said it was a bad thing whenever uh, Hella did it. So, <laughs> well, that's because all of their songs went on too long. But... <laughs> they were all like three minutes long, Jeremy. Yeah, that's three. That's like two and a half minutes too long for what they were what they were doing, in my opinion. But... I will forever be bringing it back to that album. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode, there's going to be a tie-in. Uh, but at the end of this song, it gets nuts because yeah. like it blows out a fucking speaker or something. It's some, just some really gritty sounding bass. Yeah. Some crazy stuff happens, but it. yeah, me too. And it almost makes me want to go to a rave. In fact, maybe rave on you. Maybe. That's the best. I, it's literally the best <laughs> I can do. Track number 11 is rave on you. It's, it's the second track that has a U for yeah. the, the letter U instead of the word U, but uh, who fucking knows? Yeah, I don't know. It's got some, like, uh, this track's weird, okay? I I know we talk about ending tracks a lot, and this this track is 10 minutes long, and it's ki- it kind of had this journey. So my initial notes, since it's got some clicky cowbell and an old-school kind of campy bad hip-hop feel to the beat <laughs> of it, like some cheesy like 80s rap beat kind of a thing, yeah. Um, it's got some soft wavering chord progression. There's bass providing kind of more substance to that progression. And the song feels a lot more chill than I was expecting from the title being Rave On You. Yeah. Uh, the melodies are nice, but I felt kind of disappointed by this track, maybe because my expectations were high. I mean, it's, the track's called Rave On You. I've, I, When I saw that it was called Rave On You, I immediately got reminded of Benny Benassi's rock and rave album, which is fantastic <laughs> in my opinion, but very much a different style of music. Yeah. And then about like seven minutes into this track, after I'd already written all that stuff, the song just kind of like dissolves. <laughs> and it, I was like, like maybe I was a bit too quick to judge a 10 minute track in the first couple of minutes, but it, it kind of feels like the facade of what was being built up in the first seven minutes is kind of breaking and then the real world is kind of leaking in a bit or the real in the context of this album is kind of like leaking in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I knew cause whenever I had first said something about this album, I don't know if it was on 
the I think podcast. It was, I think it was after, after we stopped recording last week. You, you specifically called out rave on you, and I didn't <laughs> want to say anything because I knew yeah. what you were thinking whenever you immediately started talking about Benny Benassi and stuff. Like, I've never heard that album, but I've heard some of the music that he's done, and I was like, yeah, right. it's not, it's not going to be that. <laughs> but that's, yeah. Maybe, but, maybe at some point in the future we can we can get to that album, too. Yeah. But, but I, I like this album, or this I mean, I like this album. I like I like this song, but I like I didn't have the expectations going right. into it. I had I had literally just like I'd listened to this album on recommendation just because I heard it was really good. Like, so I finally made it to the end of the album, and it just kind of took me there because the first time I listened to this album, I was just laying down, eyes closed, listening to the whole album. At like it was like one in the morning too, so it was even spacier. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> when speaking of, I when was the first time you listened to this album? Because I noticed on our list you put that you have not or did not have a lot of experience with this album. Whenever I put it on our list was, I think I had listened to it two times. Okay. And it was like from a week or two before I put it on the list. Gotcha. So, so, so this was a this year discovery for you. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It was just like I found it, and it. I think it was because I saw somebody like speculating that because he did put out another album this year, and I think it was a little bit before then. So like, I had read some reviews. Like it just popped up somewhere, and people were like, "Oh, this is if you like." good sample based music whatever it's come listen right. to this album and i was like okay right guess, up your alley yeah, yeah exactly i love all of that all of those <laughs> things give me them all of them at the same time and yeah it, the, I, I feel like overall this album hit kind of like this blend of sounds from like tying into cascades atmosphere there were some of the like similar synth sounds but also this kind of like i mentioned one of tricks point never's replica album and also this kind of like French house, a la like Daft Punk older yeah. stuff kind of deal. I would definitely go to clubs if somebody told me that this is the music <laughs> I was played in clubs. This kind of like, I don't know, it feels like the soundtrack to some dystopian city movie. And I, I feel like I'm cooler just listening to the album. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's true because I've listened, I've listened to it quite a few times at this point. And I want to be cool, Jeremy. I, I just want to be cool. Joey, you are cool. You're the coolest guy I talk to on this podcast. Well, you know what? That's fine because that means <laughs> I'm. I don't know. I don't know what that means. It doesn't. It doesn't mean a it whole lot. It means literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna try to put some silver lining on that, but you know, it's fine. Some 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 linings aren't silver. They're just gray. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit, we segued into next, next week's no. album. That never happens. Uh next week, boys and girls and non non binary gender associating people. Just people out there. Or people. Yeah. People it, and or things. I don't know. Whatever if you if, don't associate as a person. If if you are listening to this and you have ears, hey, listen. There we go. Yeah, just like, like Navi said. Hey, hey, listen. listen. Uh, next week, this week, next week we'll be talking about uh, Slipknot's album Point Five: The Great Chapter. It came out in 2014, which is a year after 2013, and a year before 2016, 2015. Whoa, man! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm losing my mind. Uh, but yeah, Point Five: The Great Chapter. 
is uh, my favorite Slipknot album. I, I feel confident saying that. And it's a spooky album, and it's almost Halloween. We will be recording that episode on the 26th of October, which unfortunately means it will not be released until the 2nd of November for everyone else. But maybe if I get it edited and together, I'll, I'll release it on Halloween for spooky fun anyway. But uh, yeah, we're going to be listening to that album and we're going to be talking about it next week. It's a, it's a fun, fun metal. Look, I know Slipknot has this, this stigma or, or this, uh, this facade or this appearance. I think this was a turning point in their career mm-hmm. and it's not like, it's not as angsty and, and angry and blah, blah, blah as their old stuff for better or worse for better and worse, I should say. But uh, I think it's a very, very interesting album and it's worth talking about. And it's, I think it's their best music yet. Well, shit, man. I only know Slipknot in the angsty session. I mean, Iowa is definitely by far <laughs> my favorite yeah. Slipknot album. One of my favorite like metal albums from that era. So uh, I'll be, it'll be nice. I think the last thing I heard from them was All Hope Is Gone. Right. At, Which is album. when a lot of people like, I don't know, that, that was kind of like the big, they made it kind of a deal. And yeah. then this came after that and they've, they've, they were, they were experimenting with her sound, but you'll, you'll figure that, that out. It's kind of, I don't know. It's a fun album. I'm excited to see what you think of it. And I'm excited to hear what you guys, the listeners, the audience think of it. Uh, so if you guys want to listen with us, leave us comments, shoot us emails or Twitters and Facebooks, you know, whatever. Hit, a, yeah. hit us up. Let us know what you feel about that album and the one we just talked about uh, by Against All Logic. Or, or any other album. Like, honestly, yeah. just just be just like, talk, hey. Talk to us about music. We like talking about music. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. So fucking I, hit us up. And nobody else talks to us about music. We're, we, I mean, maybe not for you. You you probably have people that t- listen to music similar. Yeah, but they have bad taste. So yeah, it's it's true. Nobody. I I talk on average to like two people that aren't <laughs> you, yeah. and one of them is four, and right. the other. One. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what that says about you and what that says about me. <laughs> so uh, uh, please talk to me about music, everybody. Yeah, everyone, everyone in the world that listens to this, directly contact Joey. And talk to him about music. I'll I'm open for discussion as well, but uh, I think Joey needs it more than I do. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Until then, though, uh, we'll, we'll be seeing you next week when we we talk about Slipknot's point five, the great chapter. And uh, until then, stay in our feedback. Bye-bye.